Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Targa. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way, perhaps as an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today is a reluctant desert dweller from the Santan Valley in Arizona by way of Long Island, New York. She is one Carrie Curtis. Carrie is an artist, a writer, and self-published poet. And I'll be sure to drop a few links in the show notes later on to check out her creative endeavors. Carrie is currently working on getting her paintings uh, complete, which express feelings and are intended to spark a conversation about our mental health through color and lines. She wants to get them out into the world soon. She also has a series on the writing platform called Chinello, where she talks about experiences as a mom and balancing parenthood and trying to make a name for herself in the creative world. In terms of any favorite sports or activities, we like to ask this question of our guests. And uh, Carrie asked me point blank if binge eating peanut butter M&Ms counts. And my response would be, as long as you tally your numbers, of course it counts. In terms of Carrie's favorite TV shows to watch or stream, uh, Carrie enjoys Parks and Rec, The Haunting of Hill House, as well as The Assassination of Gianni Versace. We also asked Carrie if she has any pet peeves and very succinctly put she says inconsiderate people i concur carrie i concur for our conversation today carrie has selected the alternative new metal band alien ant farm and their record anthology which was released on march 6th of 2000 and their first on a major label which was dreamworks their first titled greatest hits was released on chick music records back in 1999 Anthology was conceived at NRG Recording Services in North Hollywood and was mixed and produced by Jay Baumgartner. Lenny Castor provided percussion. Uh, Gavin Hayes of Dredge provided some slide guitar on one of the hidden tracks, we, which we might discuss later, called Orange Appeal, uh, as well as the track Stranded. Uh, David Campbell uh, arranged some strings on the closing song, titled Universe, and added some additional backing vocals for Flesh and Bone. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Flesh and Bone and those backing vocals were provided by John Zamora. So without further delay, let's get to know Carrie Curtis and Alien Ant Farm's second record, Anthology. Carrie, thanks so much for making some time to come on the program today. Hi, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Okay, well, let's, why don't we just talk about all things Alien Ant Farm? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, what, um, wh- you know, what made you decide to choose Anthology? Well, um, it's surprising for most people because most people are like, oh, those are the guys that did the Smooth Criminal cover. And which I should say, as a fun fact, they never actually wanted that single to be released. They were planning on doing movies first. And um, I believe, if I have my story straight, a um, DJ from New York played Smooth Criminal and it blew up. And then the rest is history. (laughs) That's crazy. That that kind of reminds me of a story about Billy Idol. Uh, I think this was back in his Generation X days when he was feeling a little down on his luck and the DJ flipped the record and it happened to be dancing with myself and the entire dance floor just went absolutely berserk and it just revitalized his career. Oh, wow. So, I yeah, didn't know I, that. 
so I, I, it seems like Alien Ant Farm, you know, had there's a little bit of a parallelism there with mm-hmm. with Smooth Criminal. That's yeah. That's and they've really had a love-hate cool. relationship with that song ever since. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. So, you know, who is the vocalist? Can you tell our listeners who the vocalist and lead singer is for Alien Ant Farm? Uh, Dryden Mitchell is. Yeah. Okay. And he and he mentions, yeah, having a love-hate relationship because it's like, oh, the song helped to pay the bills and it helped to catapult them to where they are. But then again, it also kind of trapped them you know, in that same sense, you know, so, uh-huh. yeah. 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 Can you, uh, so who are some of the, uh, some of the additional players on the record? Um, on the record. Yeah. Um, there's also, well, there's Terry Corso. He plays, um, guitar. He's the lead guitarist of the band, uh, Ty Zamora who plays bass and he's always the, when he was in the band, he's not anymore. He was just the super goofy. He would always make faces and dance around on stage and, um, he was just a lot of fun to watch. And uh, Michael Cosgrove was on drums. And um, I know you mentioned Lenny Castro was He's a legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually learned that he's the son of um, Hector Castro. And um, Hector Castro was also a musician. And he was a musical director for Celia Cruz, who's also a Cuban singer that I love. And so when I found out that those two were connected. I was like, oh, that's so cool. That is cool. Wow. Yeah. That's a really cool lineage. That's yeah. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't aware of that. How cool. Can you describe, you know, a little bit as to, you know, where you first heard an, an anthology? Was it, uh, was it on MTV? Was it, uh, was it an introduction, you know, from, from that like older kid sister or something like that. What's uh, what's, what's, what's your personal little anecdote as to how you discovered alien ant farm and, and how you gravitated towards anthology? Well, the funny thing is, I mean, like with music, you know, we're affected by it either directly from somebody or indirectly. And, you know, my parents obviously played tons of music growing up and, um, and that was, indirectly they would play it I would hear it and become a fan and so growing up I listened to a lot of you know my parents music I didn't really know about the current music that was happening I didn't know about new kids on the block and and Tiffany and all that when I was a little kid like in the 80s and the 90s (laughs) (laughs) and um and my brother, he was he was the same way until we went until he was about twelve and went to middle school. And he had to go to a different school because I and I was in elementary school. And he listened to rap on the bus, and he was like, "Oh my god, you have to listen to this!" And so we kind of got into that together. And so for the longest time, it was like I was old, listening to older music and rap and R and B. And so when Alien Ant Farm came out, I was 16 and I heard them on the radio for the very first time. I was in my room. It was like after school and it was uh, movies, actually. Movies was the first song that I did hear by them, not Smooth Criminal. And I just thought, this is not like a lot of other stuff that I've ever heard. I was just instantly hooked. And 
you know, back then there was no Shazam. And so whenever a song came on on the radio, we just had to like pray, like, please, DJ, do not cut it off before the song ends. And please tell us who the band is, what the song is. So that way we can go to our record store or Best Buy or wherever we went. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Shazam's (laughs) taken so much of the guesswork out of, you know, what is that? You know, when, as I'm walking through the grocery store, you you know what I mean? That song that you might hear (laughs) at the gas station while you're just, you know, sitting there waiting for your, you know, your tank to be filled. Like, you just, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was a godsend, but yeah, we didn't have that back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But luckily, yeah, luckily the DJ, he said, you know, oh, this is movies by Alien Ant Farm. And um, this was like in March or May. And I remember, you know, he said, oh, an Alien Ant Farm is going to be coming up at this year's Warp Tour. And I was like, oh, I had never been to a concert before. So I was like, I have to go see them at my first concert at the Warp Tour in summer in Arizona. Right on. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I went and I saw them and I bought their album and I've been a huge fan ever since. Nice. You, so you mentioned movies there at the top. Movies happens to be track two on this record. Uh, Mm -hmm. what made, you know, besides movies being the first song you heard, what, um, what do you like, what do you like about the track? What, what components of the song stand out for you? Um, well, a lot of it was lyrical, Mm -hmm. you know, I like how they, or Dryden, he did the, he writes the lyrics to the songs and the way that he writes, it's very tongue in cheek, very playful and, Pretty much, I don't know if you've noticed from listening, but almost every song on there is a love song to a, to an extent. And so whether it's a relationship gone bad or just starting, he finds a way to talk about it without it sounding cheesy or played out. And as a 16-year-old budding poet, <laughs> I was really into the lyrical aspect of it. And I just love the, you know, how he says, I want you to be free and uh, something about it. It just spoke to me and it still does. Yeah, that's I mean, that's you should try to be free. The track before that, you know, it it, it kind of made me chuckle a little bit in the sense of, you know, somebody's trying to to be a real do gooder in the world. And and one of the the refrains is you should try not to be so courageous. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's a that's an kind of an interesting, you know, sort of, you know turn a phrase if you will it is yeah and that's what i like about them is like you never quite know what you're going to get Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're not just you know like they they're always described as new metal which i'm still not quite sure what that means i'm not either like i know (laughs) it's like a newer version of metal music but it's more radio friendly or more accessible but to be honest, it seems like it's associated with a lot of cheesy stuff, you know? And so I don't, I never liked that, you know, genre name. And, yeah, and it, I never thought that they quite fit into it. Yeah. The, the NU hyphen metal t- just has always kind of thrown me for a loop in some weird ways. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a difficult term to understand. You know, you might like new metal, but you might not like metal maybe there's some sort of uh uh you know things that they've you know adapted within the constructs of their their creative thinking where they've just you know they've kind of 
they've taken many of the elements that are, I would say, you know, perhaps steeped in classical music and just mm-hmm. upgraded them for Y2K. Yeah. In some respects. And then there's always, yeah. And then for some reason, there's always like a hip hop aspect to it too. Like, you know, with Linkin Park and POD, like when I hear new metal, like that's what I think of. And I was like, an alien and from really didn't have any of those, you know, qualities and, you know, they played loud and they were rock, but I'm like, that's pretty much it. Like, they just seem like you're just standard rock band. Yes. Yes. We are talking with Carrie Curtis here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka. And we are, we are dissecting alien ant farms, second record in their first major label effort titled anthology. And, uh, uh, Carrie, are there, you know, are there some other tracks that you would like to discuss that are just, you know, just real, standouts for you oh goodness uh the last one uh universe is one of my favorites and um the cool thing about that song is it was actually on their first album called greatest hits which i also love that they called it greatest hits and it was their first work you you know what that (laughs) reminds me of it reminds me of you know big star Mm -hmm. you know they yeah the number number one record (laughs) yes i love that yeah I love that confidence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Universe was just, uh, it just the way that it builds and crescendos and it doesn't sound like them, even though their sound is very different and they ha- they like to experiment, you know, and they have different instrumentation going on. But that one, I think it's like the perfect ending to an album that just kind of introduced the world to them or introduced them to the world, I mm-hmm. should say. And it, they're like, hey, this is exactly what we're capable of, you know, mm-hmm. like stick around and you won't be disappointed. Yeah, there's a line in Universe uh, where they, you know, the, the main character, it seems like he, he's saying something and I hope I'm getting the lyrics right. We used to shake the beehive to relax and rewind. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've, you know, yeah. I've been wondering, you know, as I prepared for this conversation, what exactly does what the hell yeah, is he, talking, hell is he about? talking about? Because <laughs> it, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're trying to shake things up, but it also might get into this idea of where, you know, we've been an incredibly hardworking band for so long mm-hmm. and maybe now they're, they're reflecting on all of that hard work that they've put in and they can relax a little bit. So it's sort of, I don't know, it's kind of a, a, a cool juxtaposition. Yeah. Either that, or maybe they just thrive in chaos. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that sounds much, yeah, <laughs> much more accurate <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's reflected in their sound. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a track here uh, called flesh and bone, which appears right after track two called movies. Uh, flesh mm-hmm. and bone kind of reminded me of, uh, some of the, some early police, you know, there's like a lot of really like jagged percussive guitar and some, somewhere, somewhere lurking in that sound reminded me of early police as well as, uh, you know, marquee moon from television. Oh, very cool. I'm not sure if those were, um, any inspirations to them during recording, but I think that's awesome. And I love the, you know, they're not Christian band in any way, but I like how they like play with the concept of religion with the lyrics of the mm-hmm. song. I always thought it was interesting. Yeah. What what lyrics speak to you in Flesh and Bone, if any? 
oh goodness, when he says, um, snap your ribs, made a lover so you can share each other. I always thought that was awesome. And then, you know, and he's very conflicted in the song because he's like, show me a sign, come inside. And like, he doesn't really quite understand, like, where do I stand? You know, am I a believer? Am I not? Is it okay to doubt? Is it okay to question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, and thinking about those lyrics from Flesh and Bone, if we skip to track five called Summer, there's a line in there that says, tried to give you summer, but I'm winter. Wish I could make you spring, but I fall so hard. He's, he's, he, he's obviously incorporating all four seasons, but I'm wondering if the subject is related to flesh and bone in some respects, perhaps. Oh, I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. Chaos in a relationship or something. Yeah. Just a straight up, you know, I want, I want to be everything that you need, but I can't. So that'll be the end and I'll be seeing you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and he's, and he's mentioned that plenty of times where, you know, he basically just writes about his failed relationships and that's his therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And perhaps, you know, being out on the road and, and whatnot, you know, has taken a little bit of an effect too. Um, you know, long, mm -hmm. those long distance phone calls like sticks and stones when you shoot them through the phone, you know. It's yes. the next track. So I'm, I'm envisioning, you know, just a, a really difficult phone call that you're making from a payphone or something like that. Payphones, I think, still existed in 2000, right? You know? Oh, yeah. absolutely. We're, yeah. We're, it's still kind of the <laughs> advent of uh, cell phones, you know, possibly. We're, we're left over yeah, from the Zach Morris uh, era. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Early flip phone era. Oh, yes. If no, oh access, if no access to a payphone. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so we're talking with uh, Carrie Curtis here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about Alien Ant Farms anthology. And uh, Carrie, do you think that this record is a continuum of a sound that they were building upon from their first record? I think so. And I mean, with you know, if you listen to their first record, and the funny thing is, I bought it off of eBay because they they didn't release it with a major label. There was only a certain amount of copies. And I bought it off of eBay for a ridiculous amount of money. And now you can pick it up anywhere. So I'm slightly bitter about that. Was it out of print at, at that time? <laughs> yeah. They only had a certain number of copies. And the label that they had it released it off of, I think it was just a super small label. It probably isn't even around anymore. And, but anyways, back to my original point, a few songs from Anthology are actually on there. You know, Universe is on there. And it's really interesting to see, you know, it's kind of like their potential has grown. It's like, this is what, this is our sound, but Greatest Hits is our sound. It's gritty, it's raw, but with the help of a major label and a good studio, a good producer, here's what we're capable of. You know, so it's like just that raw potential versus the potential achieved. I'm, it does make sense. sense. And it, it just it just made me think of another question. I'm wondering if any recordings from the first effort that made it onto the second record, if they were somehow uh, modified independent of, you know, the type of uh, production you can get from a major label, like, you know, maybe there was a lyrical change somewhere, or maybe they just, you know, sang a little bit of a, a, a higher harmony in one section of the chorus. I've, 
I, I'm wondering if there were just any adjustments and in, in, in stuff like that that were made, you know, when they signed to a major for certain songs. Yeah, like I'm not sure like what the label said, because obviously, you know, the labels have rules. And it's funny because they even talk about that in the song um, Whisper. They talk about like how obnoxious it is, you know, with the restrictions and everything that the label says like your songs have to be this long you can't say this you have to wear that and here's our package and you know but as far as what the label had to say i have no idea but i know if you listen to some of the songs from then and then some of the songs now they're way different i mean there's the addition of strings and the songs are considerably longer it's like they gave them more time to breathe and grow and mature and um yeah i'm looking at the cd right now because the some of the songs actually made it onto their third album and they sound once again totally different but still that same basic core of what they were trying to achieve and what they wanted was there it was just they've had that I have a chance to really make it the best that it can mm-hmm. be. And so we are, it, if that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely makes sense. So how does anthology continue to inspire you today? Is are are there songs that you come, you know, come back to every once in a while and you can relate them to different experiences that you've had? Well, I don't really listen i feel like when i listen to it it's more like a grounding and like a a coming home you know like there are some of those albums they're like your comfort zone and so anthology to me that's like my comfort zone when i'm feeling like there's just too much going on and i just need to feel like myself or i just need to you know center you know i'll put it on and then i'm like oh okay it's it's a it's a nice way to just recharge. Totally. So you you mentioned that you've got the CD in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about cover art? We live in this crazy universe now, where information and in music is so quickly accessed in the palm of our hand, or you know, in this wild twenty first century that we're living in. You know, there are a lot of digital releases. Most artists are releasing their their albums digitally. They're also making them available, you know, by you know cassette, record, what, what have you. In whatever format you choose to purchase your music, artwork is it, it is always prominent. It remains a cornerstone with every single single or album that gets you know turned into a label or released independently. So, I, you know, my question is, what is conjured up in your head when you? look at this album cover or if there are any, you know, liner notes in particular that speak to you. Uh, Well, the cool thing about their um, artwork is if you look on the cover, you know, it's just their ant farm logo, you know, it has the AAF, it has their name and then it has the ant head that for the fans, they, it's pretty recognizable. So from a marketing standpoint, it's pretty smart. It's just no fuss, it's the it's the logo you know who it is you know what it is but the cool thing is when you open it up they have their lyrics entwined in a double helix and then on the other side there's pictures of like the band members it looks like they're in different like moments of history you know they're like generals in a war and there's a timeline so it kind of like as if they're they're pretending like 
the band is like their history. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's actually, it's a lot more deep, you know, and it goes along with the name anthology. So they have the whole play on history and, and, um, and where they stand. And maybe they're saying, Hey, we're going to make our mark in history with our music. I'm looking at the front cover right now. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out the sort of abstract topographical components, uh, you know, as to as to what I see in front of me. And I'm trying to figure out if it's your, you know, conventional, you know, perhaps old fashioned globe that you might be sitting on a desk, or if mm-hmm. you know these like these indentations that are on the front cover uh, maybe resemble the moon. They resemble some planet in which these aliens have inhabited from it it, it mm-hmm. could be just you know just that they, they like the, they it's like the super- grooved ridges of of the background but i'm wondering if there's some sort of intentional play on image yeah and i mean i never even thought about that but until you said it it's like you know they're the uh the logo could be a flag you know and they're staking their flag yeah. on some foreign yeah. planet or they're the aliens from another country and they're staking their flag so, on yeah. our planet yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i mean really the possibilities they, they, are yes, endless they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very you know it, it's it's a really catchy logo it's you know at the same time it's like, like you said it's what you see is what you get and you know in a lot of ways you know some very Mm -hmm. very sharp and prominent colors it's black red and white and there's an emphasis on the ant in anthology which you know makes a lot of sense absolutely i i hadn't initially picked up on that it's called anthology as opposed to an anthology of music Mm -hmm. yeah they they definitely love a good wordplay are there any uh, any other tracks that uh, that you would that we that we should dig into here? Oh goodness, um, attitude is another good one. It's um, one of their slower tracks, and um, lyrically, it's just brilliant. Um, Death Day was another one of my favorites, especially as an angsty teen, because they're talking about death and, you know, and then they have a play on um, James Brown's Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, except he says Papa's Got a Brand New Body uh, Bag for You. I, yeah. And so it's, be- it's very twisted, but interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they definitely love playing around with words and I was always a big fan of that. But yeah, Death Day was one of my favorites. And it's one of the few songs that I never, I heard them play it live once. And that was it out of the like 10 plus times that Mm -hmm. I've seen them, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. So this record came out in 2000. And, you know, it's, I I don't know how commonplace it is today, but this record still uh, applies the principle that was kind of a very sort of 90s ethos in a lot of ways and adding that little hidden track at the end of the record, you know, without mm-hmm. it being listed, you had to, you know, listen to that last, you, you had to keep, keep playing, playing it. it and, and you never, nope. you know, no skipping, skipping allowed and you never <laughs> knew when that hidden track was going to appear. They might let five minutes of tape run out before you heard that mm-hmm. little hidden reprise or a full, you know, full blown song. You had to sing for yourself. That's right. You had to earn yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. It was a really plunky sort of ambient track that they, that they closed this record with orange appeal. Oh, 
I absolutely love it. And I mean, there's like a rumor that they were um, drunk off wine coolers when they recorded it. But I just think it's so fun. And it reminds me of like, if the word dissolve could be described with a song, that would be it. Or it kind of sounds like the backwards process of a picture developing, if that makes any sense. It's just so off center. And, you know, he sounds like he's singing underwater or the microphone is across the room. And I just love it. I love it because it's like creepy and it doesn't make any sense. And oh, it's so much fun. (laughs) Everybody who's listening right now, I think it's safe to say, check this record out. It's Alien Ant Farm's second album titled Anthology. Carrie, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today. Well, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks so much to Carrie Curtis for being on with us today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you so very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on your favorite device in which you listen to your favorite podcast. Take a moment to tell friends and family about our show and feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jared Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. And we hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us today as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.